you'll understand some of the songs that we sang. And what this day represents. That's Leviticus chapter 23. Beginning with verse 1 and 2. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, and say unto them, Concerning the feast of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy conversations, even these are my feasts. I think we've read those before. Drop down to verses four, uh, 5 and 6. In the 14th day of the first month, even at at even is the Lord's Passover. And on the 15th day of the same month is the Feast of Unleavened Bread unto the Lord. Seven days ye, shall, ye must eat unleavened bread. Verses 10 and 11. Speak to the children of Israel and say unto them, When you have come into the land which I have given, Unto you, you shall reap a harvest thereof, and you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest. And he shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted for you on the morrow after the Sabbath. The priest shall wave it. And drop down to verse 15. And you shall count unto unto you from the morrow, after the Sabbath, from the day that ye have brought the sheaf of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be complete. Even unto the morrow after the seventh Sabbath, ye shall number fifty days, and ye shall offer a new meat offering to the Lord. Ye shall bring out your inhabit habitations to wave loaves of two tenths deals, they shall be of fine flour, they shall be baked with leaven, and they are the first fruits unto the Lord. Anybody tell me what day it is today? Fifty days. Today is Pentecost Day. So let's uh, do a little recap so we can understand what's going to take place, what is taking place. Going back when Jesus came into Jerusalem, you recall? Uh, when he entered Jerusalem riding on the donkey, they were putting palm leaves before him, and, and the people were waving and singing, Hosanna, blessed be the king. Okay, When he was coming into Jerusalem on the eastern gate, at the northern gate, at the same time is when the, remember this is the Passover time, the priests were allowing, bringing all the sheep that were to be sacrificed. Now, they figured it was about 250,000 sheep brought in for the Passover. That's uh, approximately, uh, I think it was 10 people to one sheep. Okay. And while they were singing that song, they were singing the same song when the sheep came in at the other end. You remember what the, what the priest said? Don't do this, this is wrong. Because, of, you know, when Jesus... Okay, this is the Passover week. 
And at the Passover week, they had to remove all leaven out. So they have a custom that they clean. It's, it's like we call spring cleaning. Well, the family would get together and clean the house out. And at the end, when, it, when, when the mother would say, the house is clean, the father would get the children. And he would get a candle, so to see in every corner. He got a spoon, he got a feather, and he got some linen cloth. Okay. So they go through the house, and they find leaven by the kitchen there. So they get the children to help out. One would hold the spoon. The other would hold the, the cloth. One hold the, more likely the dad would hold the, the candle so the kids wouldn't burn themselves. Another one would have the feather. They got the, they found the leaven there and the lights on it. The candle is the word of God. Okay. They get the feather and they sweep the leaven crumbs. Leaven is in the in the Bible sin. And they sweep it into the spoon, which is wood. Jesus died on a cross with the leaven of sin upon him. They take the spoon that has the leaven in it and put it in the linen cloth which he was wrapped in. Then they took it outside and they had a big bonfire and they threw the leaven with the, that was in the linen cloth into the fire destroying it. Do you, see, do you see anything there? The flames of hell e eating up all the leaven. And who, was, who bore that leaven for us? Jesus. Okay. Then, then it said the very next day, three days later, they were to have the uh, first fruits offering. We just read it, first fruit offering. Three days after Jesus' crucifixion, what happened? He arose. He became the first fruit, firstborn from the dead of the sinful dead, okay? Because that's what he took on, sinful dead. So he became that. Okay, and then, then he was, he made himself known to everybody for 40 days, and then he ascended into heaven. But he told them to stay into, in Jerusalem 10 more days. 40 and 10 equal 50. And the 50th day is when, if you recall when we studied this, the high priest would take two loaves of bread that were leaven. Remember, before, the bread was unleavened, the matzah bread. But now it's, he's taking the 
two loaves of bread, and he makes a wave offering before the Lord. What, does, what would that represent? Jew and Gentile. Coming to the Lord. Now, on the today, which is Pentecost, and the Jews have already, you know, it, this was established way back when. Let me just uh, back up a little bit. It was four days. There was four days between uh, the bringing in the sheep before the sacrifices, okay? And what they did at that time with the sheep was to inspect the sheep to make sure they were no, nothing wrong with them. They were pure. During those four days, Jesus was in the temple ministering. And if, we, if you read, in the, read at that point, they were questioning him trying to catch him in some type of error, proving he was pure. They couldn't find anything against him. Glory to God. Even when they brought him to Pilate, remember? You wash his hands, and I find nothing. He is innocent. There's nothing wrong with this man. So the cleansing. Okay, four days. From Adam to Jesus is 4,000 years. Peter says, a day in the Lord is like 1,000 years. So we have a four-year period of waiting for the Lord to come. Are you catching some of this? I hope you're catching some of this. Okay, let's go back. During, during the Passover, just like... Uh, they would stay up all night. The Jews would stay up all night. So, in other words, la yesterday... At, at sundown, they would start reading the Bible, the Torah, and they would read parts of Ezekiel when the Lord showed up and it was a mighty strong wind and so forth. But one of the books that they read was the book of Ruth. Now, why would they read the book of Ruth? Anybody remember reading the book of Ruth? What was Ruth? Was she a Jew? She's a heathen. She married into the Jew, Jewish race. She married Boaz. And she bore some children. And one of her children was grandchild with David who was a descendant, or Jesus was a descendant of, of David. That's an interesting note. So we see Jew and Gentile married. Now, I'll just, just uh, step off a little bit. Since Ruth bore her child and her grandson was David, who was the other lady in the book of, besides uh, oh, the mother, um, was her 
Naomi. Not Naomi. I couldn't read Okay. Who was the other one? Oprah. Oprah. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, we, we all know what we're talking about. Okay. Ruth had David, Oprah, or Oprah, or whatever it is. It said, you know what her, her, one of her sons' what, name was? Goliath. Isn't that something? They found out that, that her son was Goliath. The two would meet later on. So today at, at, in Israel, they've read all those books. You know, they don't understand it, but we've got a better understanding of what's, what's taking place. It's a marriage of Jew and Gentile coming together. That's what the two loaves that the, chief, the priest now would wave before the Lord, and, it's, and, it's, and it is accepted. When we, when we come to know... Uh, Come to receive Jesus. We're accepted. Amen. I'll give you a nugget before we, uh, before we uh, go any further. You can't control the length of your life. You can't control the length of your life. But you can control its depth. Think about that one. Okay, it's yours. I don't know if you want to take the... I think we all learned something new today, amen? <coughs> praise you, Jesus. Father, we praise you and thank you for your presence, Holy Spirit, in this house. I thank you, God, that we have the privilege of worshiping you. For we were created to worship you. And it is such a privilege. You say when we worship and praise you, you set ambushments against our enemies. So, Father, we thank you for this day that we celebrate today, Pentecost Sunday. We thank you, Father God, for your word. We thank you, Father God, that everything in your word matches up. It can be proven. And we praise you for that, God. We praise you for your word, your truth, the anointing. For every person that's in this house this morning, I thank you, God, for the glory of the Lord is upon us. and for the mighty visitation in this hour. So God, I yield myself to you, spirit, soul, and body, and I thank you as I teach this morning this word, this seed will fall upon good ground, good soil, and it will bring forth a mighty harvest. And we're careful to praise you for your goodness. You have always, always, always been good to us. You have never forsaken us and I praise you for that. <clears throat> 
and we give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name, amen. I'm not one for um, sharing words that people give to us because um, we just put them on the shelf, but Terry has asked me before, why don't you just share that? And um, I am going to share this one that came this week because it's a very good friend of ours. We really haven't seen him for a while, but um, I'm just going to read it to you. And uh, as I am sending this this morning, I hear the following. You and Dave have been faithful, steady, and immovable in his love and in his word throughout the course of your ministry and lives together. You have weathered the storms of life by his grace, and by his grace you've preserved and prevailed through every trial that has come and gone. As the scripture declares, the faithful man shall abound with blessings. And so you're an example of this. You shall eat of the fruit of your faithfulness. And many have been and will be saved and delivered out of the darkness because of your stand. My heart says you and Dave have become oaks of righteousness in his kingdom, the planning of the Lord. Where others were tossed to and fro by the storms of life, you have, you just became stronger and more solidified, and your roots went deeper and deeper into the vine with each trial. He is faithful who called you, and he will do it. You have demonstrated that. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. And you have grown up in a, into a beautiful oak tree, where many find shade and refuge and rest under your branches. God is very blessed by what you have done, and he considers you not only his children, but his friends. Well done, well done, I hear him say, belongs to you too on that day. <laughs> well, glory, God love you guys. This man... Um, when we came to Santa Maria, We'd already come and secured our house, and then um, we'd never met him before, and we went to talk to him. At that time, we didn't know it when God told us to come to Santa Maria, and we had sent for the Ramophiles way before, and in those days, they were real, they um, give you names of people that want to place you, you know, may, are looking for a pastor, and it took months for them to get there and so God told us to go to Santa Maria we looked on the map and then there was um, a person in Santa Maria and so I can't remember how he was involved in the in the, the group that was looking for someone but anyway we, we went to visit him and met him so we've known him for a long long time and um, just recently some of you might remember his wife when we were in the upper room she came and spoke Rebecca Actually, it's his ex-wife now, but um, uh, she ministered to many people when she was here. And I trust him, and I know him, and I'm not one to read those things or share those things, but the Lord kept telling me as pastor, God, if you're, share it, share it, share it. That, that goes for all of you. As you've grown up under us, God says the same about you. You've watched the trials, you've gone through the trials, you've seen people come and leave and whatever. 
And what I have to share this morning, part of what I have to share this morning is for people that have gone through things and God's promises when we go through things. So we'll receive the tithes and offerings after. Someone's going to have to remind me. But we'll start from here. Father, I ask you to bless this word. I feel in my spirit there are those that are going through things in this congregation. And thank God for the ones that aren't. That's but we realize, Father God, without even watching the news or hearing the news or listening to it, that things are not getting better on the earth. They're getting worse. Yet, you promise, even though we walk through the valley of, of death, let's turn to the 23rd Psalm really quick. Valley of the shadow of death. And if Garth happens to hear this, bless you, Garth, for sending that. It came at the right time this week. He wouldn't know. <laughs> well, he wouldn't by the Spirit, I guess. Okay, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, or I shall not lack. He's my shepherd to feed, guide, and shield me. He makes me to lie down in fresh, tender, green pastures, and he leads me beside the still and restful waters. He refreshes and he restores my life, myself. He leads me in the paths of righteousness, uprightness and right standing with him, not for my earning it, but for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the deep, sunless valley of the shadow of death, I will fear or dread no evil, for you are with me. Your rod to protect and your staff to guide, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My brimming cup runs over. Surely only goodness and mercy and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life. And thou, and through the length of my days, the house of the Lord and his presence shall be my dwelling place. You notice he says, the house of the Lord and his presence shall be my dwelling place. I cannot live without the presence of God. You know, if I were to go to church and the presence of God wasn't there, I wouldn't go. You know, some people ask and can't understand, why do you worship so long? Or not, not any of you, but other people, you know, their normal worship and praise nowadays from what I've been told is, 10 to 15 minutes and that includes the offering. I can't even I can't even imagine that. This is just me saying this and if it offends anybody that's out there then check and see how God wants to be worshiped and praised. But I can't I can't even imagine that, but he says Surely only goodness and mercy and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life and through the length of my days the house of the Lord and his presence shall be my dwelling place. So when we come into the house of the Lord, we need to expect God's presence to be here and for 
him to, for us to prepare ourselves for him to come in and minister to us. You know, that's why in tithing it says, there shall be meat in my house. You know, that's spiritual food from what I see. So this morning, last week I started, and I started with Hosea 4, 6, I believe. My people sh perish for a lack of knowledge. And then pastor gave me Ephesians 4, 18. And he, he said that scripture goes with, with that, and we're going to go ahead and turn there again. Thank you for sharing those things, dear. I didn't know you were going to share today, but that was really great. I learned some things. She should have stuck with Ruth, too. Instead of marrying Goliath. Or was Goliath her son? So she's married Goliath's father. Four six. One God and Father of us who is above, all sovereign over all, prevailing all the living in us. Did I get the right one? Ephesians four eighteen. I am sorry. Having the understanding darkness being alienated from life, and God through the ignorance that is in them because of their blindness of their heart. It's heavier in the, in the Amplified. Their moral understanding is darkened and their reasoning is clouded. They are alienated, estranged, self-banished from the life of God who, no share, who with no share in it. That is because of the Ignorance, the want of knowledge and perception, the willful blindness that is deep-seated in them due to their hardness of heart, to their insensitiveness, and their moral nature. Wow. If that isn't the times that we're living in right now. Sad. Psalms 119.93 We have to have the word in us. We have to have the, 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 the prayer in us. We, we need to pray in the Holy Ghost and read the word. I try to put it this way. If you read the word an hour a day, you should pray in the Holy Ghost an hour a day. Whatever, whatever however long you do, you need to be balanced in both areas. Amen? Psalms 119.93. I will never, never, I will never forget your precepts. How can I? For it is by them you have quickened me, granted me life. Hallelujah. I will never forget your precepts. Job 22, 28. You know, I remember when I was first born, I used, people used to come up and say, I'm just like Job. 
And, you know, the church I was in wasn't as bad as uh, Mr. Uh, Reverend Roverson's church, that's for sure, selling Bibles that they promised them are going to be filled with money and things. But anyway, that would that was pretty funny this morning. The church he went to, they sold all different types of things and Bibles that guaranteed to always be filled with money. I don't think I've ever heard that one before. Thou shalt also degree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shine, shall shine upon thy ways. Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto you. It's up to you to do this. Let's go up one. Thou shalt make thy prayer unto him, and he shall hear you, and thou shalt pay thy vows. Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. Hallelujah. So many things are not happening because you're not decreeing them in the word. We're not speaking the word over things and decreeing them. The word has been given to us when we, when for, for things that God has told us to do, we take the scripture and we begin to speak the scripture, meditate on it and confess that scripture and decree it. So be it. But the big key here is you don't change once you've believed something and confessed it. When it doesn't happen immediately, many people begin to get discouraged or, or say, oh, forget it. When you go into, into, a, into a covenant with God and his word and you've chosen to take his word on something or he shared something with you and take it and you decree it, don't ruin that thing that you've decreed by tearing it down by the words of your mouth and saying it's not going to happen. You've got to keep confessing the word of God that you have spoken over yourself and over the situation. You know, it's really hard sometimes with children when you've taken scriptures out of the word of God speaking about your children and they don't act like it. Is God true? Is his word true? Will he deal with, with the circumstance and situation? Yes. Maybe not in the time that we expect him to, but one thing I've learned, we have got to, I'm talking to the parents now, we have got to stay steady, faithful, immovable, and stand on what the Word of God has shown us and don't give in to whining and crying and carrying on. Stay firm to what you believe. Even if it takes years and years, it doesn't matter. It shall come to pass. Hallelujah. You know, I, I, I'll be honest with you. you. We've just got to get a picture of what we're desiring in our mind. You know, if you, if you really, really want something and, and you really want that thing, Pastor teases about things that I really desire. I get pictures and whatever and I put them before me and I put the scripture next to them and whatever. And I, I stand on that until it takes place. And then I sow seed towards it. I just start giving seed towards it. It's the best way to make it happen quicker. Psalms 30, verse 2. When I say seed, I'm talking money. 
Money is a touchy subject with people. How many know that? You know, I know when I, before I went to church, because everybody else said, I said, all, all they want is your money. I think Pastor probably heard, had to hear that a long time for a while. All, not, not after I got saved, but all they want is your money. Well, you, do you have bills? We all have bills. You know how much yours costs. Well, when you pay for commercial, it's a lot more than our regular home bills. So one thing we've always been diligent on, the church bills get paid first, even from the beginning. Too many people don't pay their bills. They skip out and leave a bad reputation for, for, for whatever you believe. And the sad thing is, it's the worst thing when Word of Faith people do that. Because people say, well, I thought they, I thought they believed in prosperity. So it's important to pay your bills. You know, you say, oh gosh, she's into mentally now. Psalms 3410B. In the beginning, in the beginning, <laughs> there were times we didn't get paychecks because the church bills needed to be paid. Pastor forgot to, I've shared this in the first church, he forgot to take the offering practically every week. I'd go, uh, did you forget something? See, I decided I was going to be a real quiet pastor's wife and just be like a little quiet thing. And I was the first church. They didn't know I did anything. The only time they learned that I did anything was when we had, I'm going to share this, you can laugh about this. We had this woman that said she'd gone to this big ministry school and whatever, and she was an intercessor, and she'd start in and I'd, in the middle of the service, and I had to go correct her, knock it off. And so she invited to her house one day, and oh my gosh, the, the witchcraft and things that were there were unbelievable. Then they knew about me, that, that, that family knew, but I was real quiet. I decided I'm gonna be a very quiet, quiet person and not, not do anything. That lasted through that church until we started this one and God cleaned my clock in some areas and said, there's gonna be some changes here. Psalms 30 verse two. One time I quit, we had an evangelist come in and I think I shared this before and he came in and said, I don't know what you're trying to do. This was the Lord, I couldn't believe it, threw him in front of the whole gang. I don't know what you're trying to do. You think you're gonna quit, but that's not my will for you. You know, God will clean your clock. <laughs> and if he's telling you something and you won't do it, you'll get, it, it will get out. Oh, Lord, my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. So he promises you healing. I cried to you, and you healed me. There's so many scriptures on healing. I don't, I'm, these are certain things. Right now, I'm going to go into certain things that people might have a need for right now, okay? Um, Psalms 3410b. This is going to be, you will not be in want. I already read you, read you that one in 23rd Psalms, but 34, 10. The young, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. 
you're not going to want any good thing. You know, people are going on a fran frenzy right now, running out buying food to last that'll last for 25 years and stocking it up in their garages. If my God cannot feel, feed me manna from heaven and quail or whatever, or I don't care if those dirty birds bring me steak off of the White House table. Um, I don't care. God promises to, to take care of us. This country and these people in this country have always been givers to those overseas. They always have. This church, you know, I heard a pastor read something about a pastor recently. He said, well, you know, our church is small and the people aren't coming to us right now. Then we're going to send money out to the people that need it. We're going to send money out to where the people are coming, and that's what we're doing right now. You know, when you sow seed like that, God's got to bring them in. He has to. Amen? He says in Psalms 34, 19, you'll be delivered from afflictions. Let's look at that. Many evils con confront and consistent the consistently righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Not just a few of them, but the Lord delivers you out of them all. How many know what afflictions are? God will deliver you out of them all. You know, you might have um, just certain, you know, certain things that take place around the house sometimes. Certain things that, just, just think about afflictions that come. God delivers you out of them all. Whether you need a miracle or whether you need money to pay for it or whatever, whatever open door you need, he will deliver you out of it all. And you have to, you have to say this to him to the devil when he comes knocking at your door with afflictions, the Lord will deliver me or has already delivered me from this. So you can just drop it now. You know that you are going to be made a fool of, devil, because the Lord has promised to deliver me from them all. Say that with me. The Lord delivers me from them all. Isaiah 55, 18. He promises to deliver, deliver my soul in peace from the battle that's against my soul. He promises this in this scripture. 55, 18. Some people go through battles in their minds. God promises to deliver you. How do you think I learned 2 Corinthians 10, 5? I'll be honest with you, if you'd known me year, many years ago, I was a hyper person that never could slow down. It was like the ever, ever ready bunny. That's not peaceful. 
I'm going to tell you, if, if, you know, if, if you're married and, and you're that hyper and that scheduled, there's no time for your mate. There's no time for your kids. There's no time, you know, you're just, you're on, you're just like a hamster on one of those wheels. Anybody have one of those ever? They don't shut up at night. Our kids had them. You know, oh yeah, we'll get, we'll get hamsters. Well, then we got two of them and I think they were two males and they fought and practically killed each other. So then we had to get run of, run of them. We should have kept that other one because the one that we had got loose during vacation and ate up my dishwasher. Brand new dishwasher, ate all the wiring out of it. It was one of those portable ones. If it had been plugged in, he would have been no more. We had to get the guy out and get it, you know, fixed. And so we had a new stove oven thing, and he ran under that one day, and I turned that sucker up to 500. That thing came flying out from under it. Those things are destructive, I'm telling you. But see, people, some people are like hamsters on little balls, but then there's other people that are way too lazy. All they can do is lay around and do nothing. So there's a medium here, folks, okay? So let's look at this. <laughs> Isaiah, or Psalms 55, 18. Pastor didn't get to know that person. He has redeemed my life in peace from the battle that was against me, so that none came near me, for they were many who stove with me. Let's look at 18. He hath delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me, for there were many with me. So he's delivered your soul in peace from the battle that is or was against you. He promises this. When your mind is starting to go into dismay and think all these thoughts, you need to take this scripture and stand on it and learn it. Learn, if you have any problems with your mind thinking thoughts and constantly getting wound up in things, entwined in, in, in things, you need to learn this scripture and speak it forth and quote it continually. That in 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. Amen. Hallelujah. Isaiah 53, 5. This one was interesting to me when I read this, even though I've read it many, many times. Uh-oh, you took up too much time. <laughs> Just kidding. I say Now listen to this, this is really neat. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our, our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needed to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. Okay. One, one translation says that he, um, hang on a minute. 
explain it on this one. Oh, hang on. We want verse 4. I am so sorry. 53.4. Surely he has borne our griefs, sicknesses, weaknesses, and distresses, and carried our sorrows. That carried our sorrows is, is you know, he literally carried our sorrows upon himself. Carried our sorrows and pains of punishment, yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God as if with leprosy. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. And the chastisement needed to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him and with his stripes that wounded him we are healed and made whole with the stripes that wounded him we are healed and made whole you know he gave he gave all all we have to do is receive that's so powerful he gave all all we have to do is receive But you know what the enemy's job is to do? Is to make us think that it's, that we can't receive that. That we're not good enough. And we're not doing enough. His job is to make us feel like we're less and we're not worth this. It's not worth it. We, we weren't worth this. We were worth every bit of this in, in God's eyes when he sent Jesus. And Jesus said, I'll go. This is so powerful when you think about this. Whenever the enemy tries to tell you you're not worth anything, you tell him, I'm a liar. You are a liar. And go back and read him four and five and tell him, this is what I was worth. People need to get a hold of, of what their worth is in the Lord. I'm going to give you one more. In John 8, 36. We are, we are, huh. His love for us is more precious than we can even imagine. Eight thirty six of John. That's why I, try, I always try not to say things um, to my kids, even in jesting. Once I got saved, before I, before I got saved, I wasn't the greatest mother in the world. I honestly did not know how to love. I'm going to be, I, I've never shared this before with anybody. I don't think in this, or in a church, setting. I didn't know how. And I had no idea how to um, show 
love. I know that sounds really strange to people. But once I got saved and started reading the Word and allowing the Holy Spirit to completely change me, He completely changed that and turned that into love and compassion and the things that Jesus is. I hope that reflects through. But I didn't know how. I, I really, I did not know how to be the mother that God created us mothers to be until after I received the Lord. And thank God. So in John, I thank God for that. John 8, 2. You know, sometimes, and, and we need to realize this, sometimes people have been so wounded from their childhood that, th that they, they don't know how to to reach out. They, they really don't. And people walk around wondering what's wrong with them. Anybody that's a teacher understands this. But you can look at the kids and you know what they've gone through. But they, they don't know how to love because they weren't shown love. They weren't, they weren't given love. And so our job as parents, and we will stand before God once we're, once we're born again, we will stand before God and give an account how we talk to our kids and how we love on them. And some of them, it's not easy. <laughs> but reach, let, reach out and let God's love shine through us. I don't know why I'm saying this, but it's for someone out there probably. Hallelujah. So eight. 36. Said all this, I guess, to give this scripture. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. If the Son shall make you free, then you're free. You need to confess that I'm free. I'm free from this, I'm free from that, I'm free from whatever. The enemy tries to put in your head, you say, oh, no, 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 I don't receive it. God has set me free. It's saying, um, Amplified, so the sun liberates you, makes you free men then you, and women. Then you are really and unquestionably free. You are really, you are really free. Whom the sun sets free is really free. You know, people think there's a freedom in alcohol, whatever. That's not freedom. But once God gets a hold of you and makes you free, you're free. Let's go ahead and receive this evening's evenings. Well, now we're in the evening. <laughs> 